Welcome to the Darlington Extra podcast channel, working with communities, staff and partners to provide positive outcomes. My name's Brooke Hodgkiss and I'm the Academy Coordinator for Darlington Borough Council. Welcome to episode five of our trauma-informed series and this one's about trauma in adults. We'll start with some introductions. I'm Leanne Graham, newly qualified social worker on the adult contact team. My name's Ian Mendham and I'm also a social worker in the adult contact team. Lovely. Hiya. So we've spoken about children and young people uh, throughout the, the different episodes what about adults? Trauma in um, adults can manifest in lots of different ways. Studies show that individuals that have had adverse childhood experiences in adulthood, that trauma tends to emerge when they have um, when they're experiencing more trouble in time. So it can come out when there's a divorce or a trouble in in in, in the family dynamics. And it can usually um, present as poor mental health, depression, mood disorders, low self-esteem, feelings of shame or hopelessness. They can struggle with their own parenting, uh, maintaining relationships and also with self-care and employment. Yeah, um, I think those kinds of things are a lot of things that we we do tend to see in social care, particularly around uh, depression, low moods and disorders, lots and lots of things like self-neglecting, alcohol misuse, substance misuse. And it's also worth bearing in mind that you know, as recently as 2020, the world went through a massive thing in relation to the pandemic. And, you know, that in itself is a collective trauma, which is something that everybody has had some experience with. And the fallout from that that we're seeing in social care is just been absolutely phenomenal. Not just in adults, also children have, have gone through it. And it's a really unique situation for people to go through. And obviously trying to understand that and how that's had an impact. I think that's something that we're going to be seeing for, 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 for quite a while. And, you know, obviously we weren't seeing people as frequently throughout the, the, the pandemic. So a lot of things that could have been addressed sooner purely because of the restrictions that were in place, we weren't able to do that. So a lot of these things are, are starting to come out now. You know, we see a lot of people that have been in, in residential homes where they have cognitive impairments, you know, mental health disorders, dementia, those kinds of things. The, the, the impact that the pandemic and the restrictions and not seeing the family, which is already linked to the previous life, you know, the, the fallout that's been, it's been unreal. And I think these are things that we're going to continue to see for, for, for quite a while. So, you know, anything that is is like not normal for somebody and that's had some kind of adverse effect can be related back to some form of a traumatic experience. And I think as we start to develop our own understanding of the impact on trauma, you know, it's it's going to take us a little while to to try and seek the, the, the best pathways to support people. So you know, it's it's a relatively new phenomenon and I think it's going to take take some time. But, you know, this is where the interagency working, collaboration, more interaction with medical services, mental health services, any professional involved with somebody, you know, I think with, with a collective approach, we can certainly start to make a difference and help people through these pathways. Excellent. So with that in mind, um, what if somebody's had a good childhood with a good education, could they still have trauma? 
Absolutely. I mean, trauma, I know we do talk a lot about adverse childhood experiences, but you can you can go through um, your childhood, you know, relatively unscathed and um, and, and during adulthood experience um, some a traumatic event, a traumatic experience that can come in the form of a domestic abuse relationship, um, an illness, um, an accident. Uh, there's lots of uh, lots of ways that adults who who have who have gone through childhood, you know, we would say pretty much okay that can experience uh, trauma in adulthood. Um, I think that the difference, what the difference makes is that if you've had that solid foundation, um, and you've had a loving family, you've developed that resilience, and you've developed in a way that that you would you would expect you do tend to have a, a, a wider skill set that might help you through that trauma but everybody um you know can still need to reach out for help that's what we're here for uh, especially on our team um with the front door function because um we can really like ian was saying with the multidisciplinary working and really connect people with community services and moving on from the pandemic as well and the austerity that's you know that we've seen in the last few years the cost of living crisis we're seeing more people um fall into poverty uh, you know that's that's traumatic not being able, being able to provide for your family or feeling those feelings of shame and guilt that we talked about before so just having that understanding um and taking that approach to working with other agencies you know it is definitely the the way forward to sort of give that person that wraparound response but absolutely you can experience trauma as an as an as an adult and not have had necessarily traumatic experiences as a child um yeah so just picking up on what Leanne said there about the uh, poverty, adversity, and the um, cost of living crisis. You know, many people that are, are feeling that have, have had good childhood experiences, and that that by no ways means that they're protected from from what's what's happening at the moment. With you know, not being able to afford food, heating. You know, it's that it's that choice to make, isn't it? Heat or eat. And I think it's 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 important to recognise that anybody can endure a traumatic experience, even ourselves as professionals i know we've mentioned in earlier podcasts about stress-related trauma and some of the things that we hear on a you know on, on a daily basis sometimes from even visit to visit but that's secondary trauma that in itself can really affect a professional and in turn that can as much as we try to minimize it that can have an impact outside of our professional role so we have to be very very mindful about you know as well as as supporting those we seek to serve for one of a better term is that we we can protect ourselves and that that can be quite difficult um i mean it, it can be pretty much likened to two people riding a bike kind of with trauma one falls off one doesn't but that doesn't mean that person that hasn't fell off won't fall off so it's very much it can happen to anybody at any time and i think what we need to try and improve on as professionals is picking up on those signs that you know, something has happened, there has been a significant event. I think it takes something like that event for social care to be alerted to it. You know, somebody's suddenly not managing in the community. It, it's just not the, just not managing suddenly something has happened for them not to be managing picking up those signs and picking them up as early as we possibly can that is going to help us to help them achieve the best outcomes i know there's likely i mentioned there there is a lot of focus on aces but that is not 
a given. You know, ACEs are not always present in adult trauma. And I think, you know, it's important to recognise that and remember that. Brilliant. So that that really leads us on to the next point. And I know you've touched on a lot of this already, but what would you say are there indicators, which obviously there is, you've spoken about some uh, indications an adult might be struggling with previous trauma? You know, what what should you look out for? Yeah, so I think feelings of anxiety um, in in situations that would appear to be quite normal situations um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're having feelings, you know, of anxiety around those situations, feelings of shame, you know, not feeling that you're worthy. And I think that um, you need to really be aware of of these feelings as they occur and, and reach out for help. Think about why am I feeling like this? What's happened? Uh, lots of people practice avoidance, so they'll they'll, they'll go into themselves. Um, they'll they'll disconnect from family, from friends, from doing their normal activities. Um, some people tend to, you know, maybe drink more or have have other, you know, start expressing other addictions or issues with food you know I think it's really common to think when we're worried about something or we're not feeling ourselves or something on our mind that some of us you know you'll, you'll stop eating you'll not want to eat you'll lose your appetite and, and and that's okay and and things like that are quite are quite what we would say quite normal but it's it's really thinking about when it gets to the point where it's impacting mm. your day-to-day life absolutely you know at the minute addiction is is the big one that we've coming out of the pandemic you know people were isolated the only thing they could access a lot of the time was was a supermarket and the the amount of people that we're seeing with alcohol addiction lately you know it, it it's so frequent um there's just there's so many and Leanne's mentioned like probably the ones that we do see a lot of and avoidance you know it's going to be picked up by family and friends probably before it reaches social care but then there's other things where you know medical professionals may need to step in when there's there's sleeping problems again linking back to what Leanne said about the eating disorders there's um, other things that friends would probably notice like feelings of detachment and the way somebody's presenting themselves there's something that i've seen quite recently is somebody that has gone through a traumatic experience and for quite a while it wasn't picked up on because they did start to develop ocd traits which was a form of control and which is like essentially they've gone through this this traumatic experience didn't know how to deal with it and it's it's things that we've seen in you know people that have suffered domestic abuse that have suffered rape that have suffered um uh, actual bodily harm things like that it, it's that cleanliness aspect it's that issues that they can control and those little things that are within their power to 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 deal with what what they're going through so i, I suppose we Despite all the, the the research indicating what presentations people can have following traumatic experience, I suppose when you, you're looking out for your friends and family, it's picking up on those behaviours that are just not normal for that person because it could present itself in absolutely any way. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying every, every new behaviour means that they've gone through traumatic experience family and friends will notice these differences and it's your instinct isn't it you have your gut instinct you know when something isn't right with somebody and I, 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 I suppose what I'd be suggesting to people to do if, if they have any inclination that the person need help is talk to them they might just be looking for that in to talk to somebody about it if they're not having that opportunity if somebody doesn't say 
be all right. They might not think people are bothered enough. Sometimes that, that will not be all it takes. Doesn't mean to say that will always work, but I, I suppose the first part of call is, is the person that has had the experience, you think may have had the experience. I think it's very important to maintain those lines of dialogue and those skills, which a lot of people might have lost during this collective trauma everybody's recently gone through. So, yeah, there's, there's so, so many. And I just add as well that it's not unusual when somebody has had a traumatic experience and then they start to have show these these sort of behaviors that are different for them or unusual for them for the person not to make the link either um mm. you know a lot of a lot of us are um very much you know well, we just have to get on with it we just have to move on um and then you start to have these these thoughts and feelings that are affecting other areas of your life um and and sometimes we don't link how we're presenting or the behaviors that we're experiencing or the things that we're doing to that trauma especially in situations where it's um say for example things that are that are, that are out of our control like we spoke about the crisis um you know the live the cost of living crisis we've spoken about um you know austerity and i mean look at all the the things that happen in the minute with the energy bills things that that we mm. have no control over yeah but that worry and that um that worry and that concern that that we have can manifest in these ways but you, really you, you're not telling yourself that you're thinking why everyone everyone's in this boat everyone's struggling everyone you know and and you've got to allow yourself I think cut yourself some slack and allow yourself to think actually this isn't right and I'm, I you know I think I need to get some help and I think I think you know that's that's really important as well yeah I think it's important to add to that you know a lot of people will suppress these feelings these thoughts and these feelings and it's worth you know, there's a piece a piece of really interesting research that says although you you may forget about things and you may suppress them, your body does remember trauma, even though you're actively not thinking about it. And if you do suppress those, the lie within your subconscious, and this is when people will start to experience. You know, if if there's some form of trigger, they'll have a flashback. They'll they'll have body tremors. They'll have night tremors. It will affect sleep patterns. It will affect the ability to eat and function on on a day to day basis. So I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, I've always bottled things up. That's the way I do things." Many of us are guilty of it. We all do it to some extent. But your body does not let you forget these things, and it is important to to try and address them because it's it, although it, it usually it will heal itself out over a matter of time but the impact that it's had on your physical being may take longer to recover so you know it, it's worthwhile seeking that bit of bit of support where possible brilliant thanks for that so that leads on nicely again um how can we support somebody who might be struggling i suppose that's whether it's friends or family or us as professionals so I think for us as professionals, we have to have an understanding that when we're working with somebody and we're noticing some of these behaviours that we've talked about is to just have that consideration that it's a trauma response and to be able and willing to have those conversations with the person, give them an opportunity to open up and discuss, you know, all aspects of their life. And we work in that way anyway, you know, we work holistically um, and we are... 
you know we work in a person-centered way and trauma is part of that you know it's part of that person it's part of their history and and it's important that we allow them that safe space to talk about it I think if you're thinking along the lines of being a family member or a friend um it's just it's just again allowing them that space to talk you know asking them how they are how they're getting on um you know letting them know that you that you're there and it doesn't mean that you need to necessarily do any more than that i think just having that letting that person know that you're there for them can often be enough it 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 is very much that kind of situation you know we have personal problems the same as everybody else we speak to family and friends that's that's our first part of call doesn't necessarily mean everything has to come through social care or through a gp or through a therapist but it, it's you know those provisions are available i wish i could say they're, they're available in abundance the same as every other every part of social care health care community services services are quite limited that doesn't mean you're less entitled to them than anybody else we're, we're not professionals in trauma like leanne's already alluded to we have an understanding of it we know the impact of it and we've seen how things can present themselves later in life not if it's not always addressed straight away but you know we, we can help people we can link them up with what services are available we can you know we can support people through processes to the charitable organizations that we can access here in darlington so you know you know but there is also the medical professionals there's the gps there's there's referrals to therapies there's talking therapies there's virtual therapists now i believe can be accessed you know but I, i'd always say not everybody needs professional intervention as a result of a traumatic experience a lot of people will absolutely but you know our, our biggest and most accessible network is our family and friends so i'd always recommend that would be the first part of call but just bearing in mind professional help is available and you know even if you don't need a social worker social care can point you in the right direction it just takes a phone call and obviously you have your telephone services you know you have samaritans and mind and and all other things which can be accessed so support is there and it's about reaching out and but we do recognize that the first step is usually the hardest and that that generally that usually shows that that person's reached the point in their life where they're recognizing now yeah actually i, I do need the help and that is that motivation to change and I, I suppose that's always a good indication that you've probably reached your limit you've recognized the signs yourself or your family and friends have encouraged you it's at the point now where there does need to be some form of intervention it's not always a massive amount but it, it is worthwhile listening and, and taking those opportunities when they are available to you so to conclude today's episode uh, the following key points have been discussed that yes adults can experience trauma. Uh, Sometimes it's from childhood experiences that, you know, kind of continue into adulthood. Uh, It could be from a brand new experience or it could be um, a situation that triggers uh, the trauma response. So the likes of the pandemic, uh, cost of living could actually cause some of, you know, experiences from the past to resurface. And it's just really taken away that help is available you know, there is services out there, there's people out there that are willing to help and are happy to help and want to help. But I suppose your first part of call is each other, you know, speak to family, speak to friends, you know, 
If you feel like you don't have family and friends, there are professionals out there, there are services, um, you know, there are people that are open to litter listening to you. You're not alone and you don't have to feel like you're alone. So, so reach out. Thanks very much for today. Um, it's been lovely to see you both. More discussions, more podcasts and information can be found on Darlington Extra. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to the Darlington Extra podcast on our Darlington Extra podcast channel. For more great content, make sure you subscribe now. 